Hi there, I'm Nicolette Reed, and this is EIB Export News. Hey everybody, welcome back to EIB Export News. I am your host, Nicolette Reed. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today, and I'm happy to be back after a nice long break. I have a teenage son who graduated from high school this year, and I want to just spend some time enjoying the summer with him and just also getting him ready for the next phase of his life. If you are new to the podcast, this is a podcast all about U.S. export-related news and events, and today's show is going to be all about Russia-China cyber wars, so stick around. Welcome back to the show. Today's podcast is all about Russia-China cyber wars. On April 15th, 2021, the Biden administration took actions to impose costs on Russia for actions by its government and intelligence services against U.S. sovereignty and interests. The executive order targets the harmful foreign activities of the Russian government. President Biden signed a new sanctions executive order that provides strengthened authorities to demonstrate the administration's resolve in responding and deterring the full scope of Russia's harmful foreign activities. Treasury designated six Russian technology companies that provide support to the Russian intelligence services cyber program, ranging from providing expertise to developing tools and infrastructure to facilitating malicious cyber activities. These companies are being designated for operating in the technology sector of the Russian Federation economy. Imposing additional sanctions. Treasury sanctioned 32 entities and individuals carrying out Russian government-directed attempts to influence the 2020 U.S. presidential election and other acts of disinformation and interference. This action seeks to disrupt the coordinated efforts of Russian officials, proxies, and intelligence agencies to delegitimize our electoral process. The U.S. government will continue to pursue those who engage in any such activity. Treasury, in partnership with the European Union, the United Kingdom, Australia, and Canada, sanctioned eight individuals and entities associated with Russia's ongoing occupation and repression in Crimea. The transatlantic community stands united in supporting Ukraine against unilateral Russian provocations along the line of contact in eastern Ukraine, in occupied Crimea, along Ukraine's borders, as well as agreeing on the need for Russia to immediately cease its military buildup in inflammatory rhetoric. There have been reported Afghanistan bounties. The administration is responding to reports that Russia encouraged Taliban attacks against U.S., and coalition personnel in Afghanistan, based on the best assessments from the intelligence community, IC. Given the sensitivity of this matter, which involves the safety and well-being of our forces, it is being handled through diplomatic, military, and intelligence channels. Further responses to the SolarWinds malicious activity. Today, the United States is formally naming the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, SVR, also known as APT-29, Cozy Bear, and the Dukes as perpetrator of the broad-scope cyber espionage campaign that exploited the SolarWinds Orion platform and other information technology infrastructures. The U.S. intelligence community has high confidence in its assessment of attribution to the SVR. 
The SVR's compromise of SolarWinds software supply chain gave it the ability to spy on or potentially disrupt more than 16,000 computer systems worldwide. The scope of this compromise is a national security and public safety concern. Additionally, the SVR's compromise of SolarWinds and other companies highlights the risk posed by Russia's efforts to target companies worldwide through supply chain exploitation. Those efforts should serve as a warning about the risks of using information and communications technology services, ICTS, supplied by companies that operate or store user data in Russia or rely on software development or remote technical support by personnel in Russia. The U.S. government is evaluating whether to take action under Executive Order 13873 to better protect our ICTS supply chain from further exploitation by Russia. First, the United States is bolstering its efforts to promote framework of responsible state behavior in cyberspace and to cooperate with allies and partners to counter malign cyber activities. We are providing first-of-its-kind course for policymakers worldwide on the policy and technical aspects of publicly attributing cyber incidents, which will be inaugurated this year at the George C. Marshall Center in Garmisch, Germany. We are also bolstering our efforts through the Marshall Center to provide training to foreign ministry lawyers and policymakers on the applicability of the international law to state behavior in cyberspace and the non-binding peacetime norms that were negotiated in the United Nations and endorsed by the UN General Assembly. Second, we are reinforcing our commitment to collective security in cyberspace. The Department of Defense is taking steps to incorporate additional allies, including the UK, France, Denmark, and Estonia, into the planning for CyberFlag 21-1, which is an exercise designed to improve our defensive capabilities and resiliency in cyberspace. CyberFlag 21-1 will build a community of defensive cyber operators and improve overall capability of the United States and allies to identify, synchronize, and respond in unison against simulated malicious cyberspace activities targeting our critical infrastructure and key resources. In a statement by Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emergency Technology, Ann Neuberger, on SolarWinds and Microsoft Exchange incidents. The statement is dated April 19, 2021. The Biden administration convened two unified coordination groups, UCGs, to drive a whole-of-government response to the SolarWinds and Microsoft Exchange incidents. Due to the vast increase, patching, and reduction in victims, we are standing down the current UCG surge efforts and will be handling further responses through standard incident management procedures. The innovations from the exchange UCGs and the lessons learned from these responses will be used to improve future unified whole government responses to significant cyber incidents, including integrating private sector partners at the executive and tactical levels. The active private sector involvement resulted in an expedited Microsoft one-click tool to simplify and accelerate victims' patching and cleanup efforts and direct sharing of relevant information. This type of partnership sets precedent for future engagements on significant cyber incidents. CISA created and utilized a methodology to track trends in patching and expose exchange servers that enabled the UCG to quantify the scope of the incident. Through industry relationships and leveraging legal authorities, the FBI and DOJ quickly identified the scale of the incidents. The SolarWinds UCG, for example, 
scoping from a worst case of 16,800 to fewer than 100 targeted, exploited, non-governmental entities. This enabled focused victim engagement and improved understanding of what the perpetrators targeted from the larger set of exposed entities. NSA and CISA released cybersecurity advisories that detailed adversary techniques that provided mitigation for system owners. NSA also provided guidance to other U.S. military and intelligence organizations, as well as contractors in the defense industrial base. The Biden administration is undertaking a whole-of-government effort, working closely with Congress, the private sector, and allies and partners around the world to build back better in new and innovative ways to modernize our cyberspace defenses and enhance the nation's ability to quickly and effectively respond to significant cyber incidents. While this will not be the last major incident, the SolarWinds and Microsoft Exchange UCGs highlight the priority and focus the administration places on cybersecurity and at imposing incident responses from both the U.S. government and private sector. On May 11, 2021, President Biden sent a letter to Congress and to the Federal Register for publication, the enclosed notice stating that the national emergency declared in Executive Order 13873 of May 15, 2019, with respect to securing the information and communications technology and services supply chain, is to continue in effect beyond the anniversary date of May 15th. The unrestricted acquisition or use in the United States of information and communications technology or services designated, developed, manufactured, or supplied by persons owned by, controlled by, or subject to the jurisdiction or direction of foreign adversaries augments the ability of these foreign adversaries to create and exploit vulnerabilities in information and communications technology or services with potentially catastrophic effects. This threat continues to pose an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security, foreign policy, and economy of the United States. Therefore, I have determined that it is necessary to continue the national emergency declared in Executive Order 13873 with respect to securing the information, communications, technology, and services supply chain. And then on May 12, 2021, the following day, the president signed an executive order charting a new course to improve the nation's cybersecurity and protect federal government networks. President Biden signed an executive order to improve the nation's cybersecurity and protect federal government networks. Recent cybersecurity incidents such as SolarWinds, Microsoft Exchange, and the Colonial Pipeline incident are a sobering reminder that the U.S. public and private sector entities increasingly face sophisticated malicious cyber activity from both nation-state actors and cyber criminals. These incidents share commonalities, including insufficient cybersecurity defenses that leave public and private sector entities more vulnerable to incidences. This executive order makes a significant contribution towards modernizing cybersecurity defenses by protecting federal frameworks, improving information sharing between the U.S. government and the private sector on cyber issues, and strengthening the United States' ability to respond to incidents when they occur. The president then went on to itemize the ways he intends to accomplish this. Modernize and implement stronger cybersecurity standards in the federal government. 
The executive order helps to move the federal government to secure cloud services and a zero trust architecture and mandates deployment of multi-factor authentication and encryption with a specific time period. Improve software supply chain security. The executive order will improve the security of software by establishing baseline security standards for development of software sold to the government, including requiring developers to maintain greater visibility into their software and by making security data publicly available. It stands up a concurrent public-private process to develop new and improve innovative approaches to secure software development and uses the power of federal procurement to incentivize the market. Finally, it creates a pilot program to create a, quote, energy star type of label so the government and the public at large can quickly determine whether software was developed securely. Too much of our software, including critical software, is shipped with significant vulnerabilities that our adversaries are exploiting. This is a long-standing, well-known problem, but for far too long, we have kicked the can down the road. We need to use the purchasing power of the federal government to drive the market to build security into all software from the ground up. The executive order establishes a cybersecurity safety review board co-chaired by government private sector leads that may convene following a significant cyber incident to analyze what happened and make concrete recommendations for improving cybersecurity. This board is modeled after the National Transportation Safety Board, which is used after airplane crashes and other incidents. On June 3, 2021, an executive order addressing the threat from securities investments that finance certain companies of the People's Republic of China was signed by President Biden to further address the ongoing national emergency declared in Executive Order 13959 of November 12, 2020, with respect to the threat posed by the military-industrial complex of the People's Republic of China. Specifically, the executive order the president signed will solidify and strengthen a previous executive order to prohibit U.S. investments in military-industrial complex of the People's Republic of China. The executive order will amend Executive Order 13959 by creating a sustainable and strengthened framework for imposing prohibitions on investments in Chinese defense and surveillance technology firms. The executive order prohibits the United States persons from engaging in the purchase or sale of any publicly traded securities of any person listed in the Annex to the executive order or determined by the Secretary of Treasury in consultation with the Secretary of State and, as the Secretary of Treasury deems appropriate, the Secretary of Defense, to operate or have operated in the defense and related materials sector or the surveillance technology sector of the economy of the PRC, or to own or control or to be owned or controlled by, directly or indirectly, a person who operates or has operated in any sector described or a person who is listed in the annex to the executive order who has otherwise been determined to be subject to the prohibitions in the executive order. And also to ensure that the U.S. investments are not supporting Chinese companies that undermine the security or values of the United States and our allies, the executive order prevents U.S. investment from supporting the Chinese defense sector, while also expanding the U.S. government's ability to address the threat of Chinese surveillance technology firms that contribute, both inside and outside of China, to the surveillance of religious or ethnic minorities or otherwise facilitate repression and serious human rights abuses. 
It signals that the administration will not hesitate to prevent U.S. capital from flowing into the PRC's defense and related materials sector, including companies that support the PRC's military, intelligence, and other security research and development programs, or into Chinese companies that develop or use Chinese surveillance technology to facilitate repression or serious human rights abuse. Furthermore, the president listed 59 entities as subject to the executive order's prohibitions. The prohibitions against the entities listed in the annex of this executive order shall take effect beginning at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on August 2, 2021. The U.S. Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, also known as OFAC, will also list these 59 entities on its new non-SDN Chinese Military Industrial Complex Companies list, NS-CMIC list. On July 19th, the president issued a statement from the White House on imposing costs for harmful foreign activities by the Russian government. An unprecedented group of allies and partners, including the European Union, the United Kingdom and NATO, are joining the United States in exposing and criticizing the PRC's malicious cyber activities. On July 19th, in coordination with our allies, the Biden administration is exposing the PRC's use of criminal contract hackers to conduct unsanctioned cyber operations globally, including for their own personal profit. The United States is deeply concerned that the PRC has fostered an intelligence enterprise that includes contract hackers who also conduct unsanctioned cyber operations worldwide, including for their own personal profit. The U.S. Department of Justice is announcing criminal charges against four MSS hackers addressing activities concerning multi-year campaign targeting foreign governments and entities in key sectors including maritime, aviation, defense, education, and healthcare in at least a dozen countries. DOJ documents outline how MSS hackers pursued the theft of the Ebola virus vaccine research and demonstrate that the PRC's theft of intellectual property, trade secrets, and confidential business information extends to critical public health information. Attributing with a high degree of confidence that malicious cyber actors affiliated with the PRC's MSS conducted cyber espionage operations, utilizing the zero-day vulnerabilities in Microsoft Exchange Server disclosed in early March 2021. Before Microsoft released its security updates, MSS-affiliated cyber operators exploited these vulnerabilities to compromise tens of thousands of computers and networks worldwide in a massive operation that resulted in significant remediation costs for its mostly private sector victims. We have raised our concerns about both this incident and the PRC's border malicious cyber activity with senior PRC's government officials, making clear that the PRC's actions threaten global security, confidence, and stability in cyberspace. The Biden administration's response to the Microsoft Exchange incident has strengthened the USG's cyber defenses. The U.S. government announced and operated under a new model for cyber incident responses by including private companies in the Cyber Unified Coordination Group, the UCG, to address the exchange server vulnerabilities. Today, the National Security Agency, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation released a cybersecurity advisory to detail additional PRC state-sponsored cyber techniques used to target U.S. and allied networks, including those used when targeting the exchange server vulnerabilities. 
The Biden administration is working around the clock to modernize federal networks and improve the nation's cybersecurity, including critical infrastructure. The administration has funded five cybersecurity modernization efforts across the federal government to modernize network defenses to meet the threat. These include state-of-the-art endpoint security, improving logging practices, moving to a secure cloud environment, upgrading security operation centers, and deploying multi-factor authentication and encryption technologies. The administration is implementing President Biden's executive order to improve the nation's cybersecurity and protect federal government networks. The executive order contains aggressive but achievable implementation milestones, and to date we have met every milestone on time, including the National Institute of Standards and Technology, also known as NIST or NIST, convened a workshop with almost 1,000 participants from industry, academia, and government to obtain input on best practices for building secure software. NIST issues guidelines for the minimum standards that should be used by vendors to test the security of their software. This shows how we are leveraging federal procurement to improve the security of software not only used by the federal government, but also by companies, state and local governments, and individuals. The National Telecommunications and Information Administration, NTIA, published minimum elements for software bill of materials as a first step to improve transparency of software used by the American public. The Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, issued Security Directive 1 to require critical pipeline owners and operators to adhere to cybersecurity standards. If you or your company are interested in learning more about meeting the NIST 800-171 CMMC standard requirements, please call us at 978-256-0438 or visit our website at eib.com. Thanks so much for listening to the program. Hope to see you next time. My name is Nicolette and I was your host. I look forward to seeing you every other week. Till then, remember, export compliance, it's the law. We make it simple.